0: But here in the the AM service, we are also in the middle of a series and it is called Living on Purpose. Say living on purpose. Living on purpose. Everyone ends up somewhere in life, but not everyone ends up there on purpose. Pastor Sean last week uh, opened the series with a great sermon on how and why we live with purpose. Uh, And Pastor Sean, uh, you might be wondering why is he not here this morning? Uh, Pastor Sean's actually over in Fiji ministering at a church this morning, so keep him in your prayers. Uh, And he's going to be presenting at a Bible college um, presentation this afternoon over there as well. So it's great um, that we can release Pastor Sean to be a blessing uh, to churches around the globe. Uh, but talking about living with purpose, living with purpose requires to be intentional about our choices and our decisions. Living intentionally, living with purpose, it requires vision. As it says in Proverbs twenty-nine, eighteen, in the King James Version, we're holy this morning, where there is no vision, the people perish. Living with purpose, it requires vision. Vision and this morning we're talking about living with purpose in your relationship with God. Living with purpose in your relationship with God. If you don't take notes in church, I encourage you this morning to take notes, not necessarily because something I say will be great, but because the Holy Spirit speaks to you when you're under the sound of God, the word of God. And you want to capture what God's speaking to you this morning so you can put it into practice in your life. I don't know about you, but it helps me remember things when I write them down. But living with purpose in your relationship with God, do you have a vision of where? you're heading with your relationship with God. Do you have a vision of where you're going in your relationship with God? Do you uh, have purpose in your relationship with God? Because your relationship with God's actually not just about you. Your relationship with God is not just about you. Why don't we just right now take a a little stock take of your relationship with God? Are you hot or or cold in your relationship with God? Are you hot on burning with fire and passion um, more than you ever have before for the things of God and the kingdom of God and advancing His kingdom here on earth? Or are you cold? Maybe you haven't even um, begun a relationship with God. Maybe you don't know what it looks like to have a relationship with God. Where is your relationship with God at this morning? maybe you're neither hot nor cold. You're a bit lukewarm this morning. (laughs) You're drifting. You're maybe not as on fire for God as you once were. Maybe some doubts have settled in. Maybe the busyness of life or things since COVID just haven't been the same. But where are you in your relationship with your God this morning? In Hebrews 2 verse 1, it says, so we must listen carefully to the truth that we have heard or we may drift away from it. I don't know about you, but I do not want to drift away from my relationship with God. I don't want it just to be something I let slip by the wayside because I wasn't intentional about living purposefully with my God. Maintaining a thriving, growing, healthy relationship with God requires us to be intentional about it. And that's what being on fire with God looks like. It looks like growing in your faith. And we never fully arrive in our relationship with God. Ask someone who's been walking with uh, Jesus for a few decades, and they will tell you that becoming more Christ-like is a lifelong journey. Lifelong learning of stewarding your relationship with God. It's a lifelong endeavour. But maintaining a thriving, growing, healthy relationship with God requires us to be intentional about it. Well, today's Scripture reading, there's one key Scripture that I just want to sit in and dwell in this morning. And if you've been around church for a while, you may may have heard it before. But today we're going to see what this verse shows us about our relationship with our God. It comes from Matthew 11, verses 28 to 30, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says this, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. Let me pray. God, I thank you that your word is alive and breathing and powerful this morning. And God, I thank you that you equip us to live with purpose. And I pray this morning, God, that you would speak to us about our relationship with you, that Holy Spirit, you may reawaken in us a passion and a desire for our intimate relationship with our God. May be present with us and speak to us today. Amen. Well, we are all at various points in our relationship with God. But this message is for every single one of us. This scripture is for every single one of us. You might not yet be a Christian. This message, it is God's call to you this morning. You might be a new Christian uh, and this verse is wisdom for the journey that lies ahead with you with God. You might have been a Christian for some time but you're feeling lukewarm this morning. Maybe you're sitting home on your couch thinking it's hard to go to church. This verse, it's God's wake up call to you this morning. If you're a Bible believing, church going, haven't missed a Sunday service for the past decade, Christian, this message, it's still for you. If you're a zealous, spirit-filled, passionate, public follower of Jesus, this Scripture, it's still for you. Are you ready to receive it this morning? They're awake in the auditorium. We often talk about this verse and we focus on what Jesus gives us, which is rest. We often read this verse and we focus on what God gives to us, which is rest. When we go to Him, He gives us rest. But in this passage, Jesus also makes three asks of you and I. In this passage, Jesus makes three asks of you and I. And this morning, as we reflect on these three asks, we're going to reflect on these three asks rather, and then conclude with some practical steps about where and how we need to keep our relationship with God growing. Three asks that Jesus has of us in this passage, and then some practical steps we can take in our relationship with God. The first ask, Jesus says, come to me. Jesus says, come to me. I don't know if you're a coffee drinker or not, but I like morning coffees. Morning coffees is fun. Going and having coffee with a friend before work uh, is awesome. I know Nathan Pereira is over here. We've had many a morning coffee before. Um, Morning coffees is a great way to start my day. Um, uh, One morning I'd invited a friend to have coffee. We went to meet and have coffee together. Uh, We'd agreed the time and place. I got there, I was waiting, but they just never showed up. They just never turned up. Uh, Have you ever extended an invitation only to be ignored or perhaps have it declined? Well, I was sitting there feeling a bit ignored, a bit rejected. uh, And it turned out they just got the day wrong, which is fine. And to be honest, I've made that mistake with my friends before as well. So there's no judgment here. But Jesus says, come to me. How often do we ignore or reject Jesus' call to come to him? In prayer, in worship, in quiet silence, in the middle of a raging storm, Jesus says, come to me, but do you go to Him? Jesus has extended an invitation for us to go and to meet Him, but do you go to Him? He calls those who are weary and heavy burdened to come to Him. In our busy lives, spending daily time with Jesus is sometimes a personal inconvenience, But when we go, we're so glad that we did. When we go to Him in prayer and in worship, we walk away so glad that we had spent that time with Him. God calls us to Him, an invitation to rest, an invitation to to release the burdens that we carry over to Him. It's also an invitation to relationship. In a world that makes many demands of you, maybe you've not yet had the opportunity to accept Jesus as your Lord and as your Saviour. And we'll make time for that later in the service if you haven't had that opportunity yet. But in a world that makes many demands, you might not have had the opportunity to accept Jesus. But Scripture says, wide is the path that leads to destruction and many walk down its road, but narrow is the path to life and few find it. This speaks of being intentional. It speaks of living with purpose to seek out God, to hear His invitation and to go to Him, to find Him. We get burdened and we get weary when we carry things that we're not meant to. And Jesus invites us daily to come before Him and to surrender those things. And if that's you this morning, you can come to Him in worship and you can surrender those things to Him this morning. So Jesus says, come, and I urge you this morning to accept that invitation from Jesus. Because Jesus loves even when we reject Him. Because Christ's love lasts even though we've ignored Him. It is an enduring invitation. It is an invitation to relationship. It is an invitation to our salvation. It is an invitation to rest. And the invitation endures no matter how many times we don't show up because Jesus says, come to me. Jesus also says, take my yoke upon you. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. Now, most people, the first time they hear this verse, they think about eggs and egg yolks. (laughs) So if you hate you this morning, that's okay. Uh, but Jesus is not talking about eggs and he's not talking about an egg yolk. He's talking about a farming tool, a big wooden beam that you would use to attach and link two working farm animals together. Two two cows, maybe two horses, a yoke that would put those two working farm animals together. He was living in a gregarian ag, agri, oh gosh don't use words you can't say, Aaron, a culture that um, that uh, agriculture was was uh, all over the place, right? So people had this image of a yoke. As soon as Jesus was talking about the yoke, no, they weren't thinking of eggs, they were thinking of the beam going across the two farm animals. And you would put the two animals together so that they could plough the ground, so that they could pull heavy weights together. You'd often pair a younger, newer, less experienced animal with an older, wiser, more experienced animal so it would keep it on track, so that it would show, them the way to do the task that was in front of them. Jesus says, take my yoke upon him because we need to be, co- we need to be connected and committed to Jesus in order to learn from him. The yoke too is a force multiplier. You can do two, much more together than could alone. Those two animals tied together could pull weights that they could otherwise not carry. Those two animals bound under a yoke, they could plough harder ground than they would be able to just by themselves. The yoke, it's a force multiplier and we're invited to join Christ's yoke, to pull, to plough and to harvest. And if you're not yoked to Jesus, then what are you yoked to? If you're not tied to Jesus, what are you tied to? Because sometimes we need to untie or unyoke ourselves from things that we've allowed ourselves to become attached to. We need to unyoke ourselves and take on Christ's way of living. Unyoke from selfish living. Unyoke from pursuing selfish pleasures that are displeasing to God. Unyoke from sinful living, yes, but also unyoke from religion. Jesus here is speaking to Jewish God-fearing people. But we need to remember too that good works alone cannot save us. Only full-hearted surrender to the Lordship of Christ can save us. Jesus came to save both the religious and the sinner, to fulfil the law and to heal the broken. Jesus came to save both the Jew and the Gentile. We would do well to remember the words of Ephesians 2 verse 9, that salvation is not a reward for the good works or the good things that we have done. So none of us can boast of it. Instead, we are to boast of Christ and His grace outworked in our lives. So we take off this yoke of sin. We take off the yoke of salvation through good works. Both sin and both seeking salvation through good works, they get in the way of the Holy Spirit. They get in the way of what God wants to do through His Spirit. So unyoke from other burdens and take on Jesus' yoke. I've never said yoke so many times in one service. Remember too that there are two places in the yoke. There are two places in the yoke. Maybe you're actually trying to do things by yourself. Maybe your challenge isn't so much that you've yoked to bad things, but you're actually trying to do things that God says, no, that's my place to do those things. There are two positions in the yoke. We would do well not to try and take God's position in the yoke. We would do well not to try and carry the burdens that God says, give to me. We would do well not to carry the things that are for God to carry. We would do well not to try and carry things on our own that God says, come to me, tie yourself to me and we'll do this together. There are two positions in the yoke. Don't try and take the place of God. Don't try and carry it alone. A shortcut to weariness and burnout is doing things that God didn't ask of you, of carrying burdens without first being yoked to God. We need to remind ourselves that God is God and that we are not. And there is great release in this church. Thank goodness that God is in control. Thank goodness I don't have to do this alone. God, thank you that not in my own strength, but in yours, I'm called to live out my relationship with you. I'm yoked to the creator of the heavens and the earth. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. We need to position ourselves to co-labor with Christ. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. We need to position ourselves to co-labor with Christ. The third thing that Jesus asks of us in this scripture Jesus says, let me teach you. Jesus says, let me teach you. Have you ever tried teaching something to someone who doesn't want to be taught? Have you ever seen or been a parent trying to teach a child who's just having none of it? (laughs) Being taught is hard. You, it requires you to intentionally position yourself to be taught. It requires you to position yourself under the authority of someone else. It requires you to yield control. Being taught is hard because you have to yield control. You have to exercise the humility to say, I don't know how to do this. God says, let me teach you. But what means we need to yield control. We need to accept we don't know how. We need to take a position of humility and come alongside and underneath His covering wing and to be taught by Him. We have to submit to the Lordship and authority of Christ. We need to be childlike in our obedience to our Father in heaven. We need to listen to His instruction in word and in spirit. Proverbs 23 verse 12 it says, commit yourself to instruction and listen carefully to words of knowledge. Jesus says, let me teach you. We need to allow Jesus to teach us. I love the way that this phrase is put in uh, Eugene Peterson's translation in the message translation of the Bible. It says this in Matthew eleven twenty nine, in the message, walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I don't know about you, but I want to learn God's unforced rhythms of grace. And Jesus says, we do this by walking with him, by working with him and watching how he does it. We need to accept Jesus' invitation and go to him. We need Because not only do we find rest, but we find strength. Jesus says, come to me and I'll give you rest. But we do not just find rest. We find strength and strength constantly and strength continually. See, this invitation to come to Jesus, yes, is an invitation to come before Him and surrender your burdens. Yes, it is an invitation to rest. But it is possible to learn how to carry a burden and not grow weary. It is possible to learn how to carry a burden and not grow weary. This is an invitation to Strength. It says in Isaiah 40 verse 31, New King James, we're holy again. (laughs) But to those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount uh, mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and they shall not faint. When we go to Jesus, we renew our strength. Go to Him often. Go to Him regularly. Spend time with Him regularly. And you begin to walk with a lighter burden because you are renewed by His strength. There is work to be done in the kingdom of God. Followers of Christ are called to co-labor with Him. And we need to be able to labor without growing weary and without growing weak. And the key is to wait on the Lord. The, to wait on the Lord. Psalm 1, verse 1 to 3. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. Meditate it, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees. Look at this image. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never, never wither and they prosper in all they do. What an image of not growing weary, of not growing faint, but being renewed, connected to the source of life and power itself, meditating on God's Word day and night. I've got some practical steps for you. Are you ready for them? To live with purpose in our relationship with God, first and foremost, you need to read the Bible. We need to read the Bible You need to be reading your Bible. We need to be reading it regularly. We need to be meditating on it day and night. Reading the Bible is not an optional extra in the Christian walk. If you can't read, then listen to it. Find an audio Bible. Have someone read it to you. But don't complain that you don't hear from God. Don't lament that you're not growing in your faith if you are not regularly reading your Bible. Because if you wanna live with purpose, you need to read the Word of the One who created your purpose. If you wanna grow in your relationship with God, you need to see His character and His nature revealed in Scripture. If you wanna grow in intimacy with your God, you need to know what He says about you in His Word. If you wanna grow in your faith, you need to read, you need to understand and you need to declare the promises contained in Scripture and see them fulfilled over your life. You need to read your Bible because there is work to be done in the Kingdom of God and we cannot afford to grow weary. We need to read our Bible. We need to meditate on it day or night. We need to allow God to renew our strength and we need to allow God to speak to us. Amen? Second, we need to learn in community. We need to learn in community. Jesus says, let me teach you. And one of the best, best environments to learn is in community with friends, with family and with fellow believers. Proverbs 27, 12 says, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Hebrews ten twenty four to 25. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Let us not neglect our meeting together as some, uh, as some people do, but encourage one another. Let the words of your lips be an encouragement to those who hear them. Maybe you need to join a life group. Maybe you need to start reading your Bible with your spouse, with your parents, with your children, with your grandchildren. Invite your friends to read the Bible with you. Seek out community. Better yet, be someone who creates community, who invites others to be involved, who invites others to do this walk in getting to know God together. I'm going to invite the band to come and join me. Um, we'll, We'll go back into some worship soon. But to live with purpose in our relationship with God, we need to come to Jesus. We need to meditate on His Word. We need to learn from Jesus through Word, through Spirit and in community. And we need to take His yoke upon us. Why? I mean, verse 28 sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Come to me, those who are weary, and I will give you rest. Ah, oh. In some ways, it would be nicer if the Scripture just stopped there. But all the asks that follow are important. He says, but take this yoke. He says, come to me and I will give you rest. Take this yoke upon me that you might learn from me. Take this yoke upon me. You mean I have to work? You mean there's still a burden to bear? yes there is still a burden to bear. Yes, there is still work to be done in the kingdom of God. Why? Because the harvest is plentiful and the workers are few. Because the harvest is plentiful and the workers are few. Your relationship with God, it's not just about you. Matthew 9, 35 and following. Jesus travelled through all the towns and villages of this area, teaching in synagogues, announcing the good news about the kingdom. He was healing every kind of disease and illness. And then He saw the crowds. He stops and He looks at the crowds of people around Him. And He had compassion on them because they were confused and they were helpless and they were like sheep without a shepherd. And He turns and He says to His disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and ask Him to send more workers into the fields. Jesus talking to His disciples saying, we need more workers. Those workers, that's you and I. God, I pray that You would create in us a willing hearts, God, that we would be willing workers in Your Kingdom, that we would hear this call to come to You, God, that we would yoke ourselves to You, that we would learn from You, God, because the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. The last practical thing we need to be doing in our Christian walk, we need to be serving others and we need to be sharing Christ. We need to be serving others and we need to be sharing Christ. We need to be serving others passionately. 1 Peter 4.10, God has given each of you a gift from His great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. God calls us to use our gifts, our time, our resources to serve one another, to show love to one another. And we are called to share Christ, 2 Corinthians 5, for God was in Christ, reconciling the world to Himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And He gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. He gave you this message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. Making God is making His appeal through us, through you and through I. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. You are called to share Christ. You are empowered by the Holy Spirit to do so, because if not you, if not you, then who? Your relationship with God is essential to living with purpose, and that purpose is greater than just you. And we need to become more like Christ and share the hope that we're found in him with others.